0: hello everybody and welcome back to tell us what's in what's box. in the box lots vampires. of vampires that's, that's blood what's in the box right now
1: de- decapitated heads lots of heads that could go in boxes lots
0: of heads lots yes. of darkness um and everything we are discussing 30 days of night the 2002 comic book not the movie with josh hartnett um but the 2002 comic book that the movie was based on uh written by steve niles and illustrated by ben templesmith published by i
1: didn't IDW. know josh hartnett was in the movie yeah really josh
0: hartnett he was a oh, sheriff yeah that
1: makes sense because he would never play a vampire. I don't I don't I don't think he would <laughs>
0: <laughs> he should though I think he could I, I, wish I was just about to him. say the same
1: thing like the the only thing I remember <laughs> seeing him in was Pearl Harbor and him saying yeah, the horrible line like, I think I think we just started world world war two and I'm like oh dear god who the hell wrote this style <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because he was like the hot Josh Hotnet. Yes. (laughs) Josh Hotnet. He was like the hot thing (laughs) for a while. Um, And then just like (laughs) not. But anyway, despite that, we're not talking about the movie. We are talking about the comic book, which was, uh, it's just a three issue comic book, about 24 to 24 pages for the first two, 27 for the third. So the third was a little bit longer. Um, But yeah. It tells the story. You want to give us a little synopsis?
1: Sure. That. So the whole thing is set in uh, Barrow, Alaska, which is south of Fort Barrow. And the time period is very important for this story because there's vampires in it, right? So this takes place during the period from November to December when there is no sun at all. So, hence the title of the comic book, short little series 30 days of night um it's also the same location geographically where from may to august it's just constantly sunny all the time um i 24 24 hour sun. sun versus 24 hour of night i think both would drive me insane personally um and that is what this comic is kind of a drawing off of the insanity of 30 days of nightfall
0: right um it's you know the vampires get wind of this and it's very weird because it's like 2002 and all of a sudden the the vampires are like why have we never thought of this before and it's like this has probably happened in this area since the dawn of time so, you know, <laughs> but you know, can't wave it for the sake of uh, you know, some for some reason these ancient vampires have never thought of this before. Um, you know, even just individually, I mean, you know, would have been would have been interesting. Um, but the story focuses on the sheriff of this town, uh, Eben Oliman, which, you know, is actually, I think. I think he's he's um in the book, he's native. Oh. I think he's indigenous. That's why hence the last Hold name on. and stuff. Okay. Um, but of course, played by Josh Hartnett in the movie because Hollywood whitewashes uh, everything. Yay! <laughs> <Hey! laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it basically stems from starts off with them finding some cell phones, which is kind of an interesting like the vampires don't want mm-hmm. anybody to know that they're coming so they've sent an emissary to um take you know cut off communications to this place to prepare for their arrival and one of these things is they've just been taking everybody's cell phones in barrow and like burned them dumped them into this hole um that's what they find first and we find out that the other cop in town is actually his wife Stella so the two <laughs> la- Stella the two law enforcement officers are married and um they discover this and they track down and uh they get called uh he gets called to the local area uh Ico's diner run by Sam um because there's a guy there who just will not uh, go leave and he wants raw and meat and whiskey Emphasis on the raw meat. Um, emphasis on the <laughs> raw meat. Now, I personally like my meat blue myself. <laughs> um, I I do. I'm not a vampire. I promise. But you know, I always tell the waitress, "They're like, how do you want that?" I'm like, just bring it to Be me. Ruling, and let me let fine. me cut it open on the table. <laughs> Yeah and uh, I don't know it's just there was an old Dennis Leary bit that was like that franchise oh, yeah. oh, table Dennis cut off Leary. what I want and ride oh, the rest home. He's a asshole. <laughs> <Ride the> rest- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so yeah he wants raw meat and the dude's like uh you only get like frozen and burned here. <laughs> like that's the only type of meat you get here and we don't do alcohol which was a really interesting thing because he said they don't have alcohol there. Because dealing with the way the sunlight is, is bad enough without giving people alcohol. I thought that was really strange. I wondered if um, Barrow actually does No, I don't know. That. That'd be something interesting to look up. And
1: that makes sense. And it also makes sense that if they're dealing, you know, with no light or no darkness for 30 days or longer at a time, you also gotta wonder, how are they doing with this quarantine sit- situation? But then again, they're probably so remote that they don't even have, have to deal with it, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of interesting because with this, the, the relationship of the place to like the vampires and the people who live there and how this place kind of works differently than a lot of other places in the world is very central yeah. to the book. Um, So the setting is extremely, I mean, it's kind of the, the, what you call gimmick, I guess, is not, Mm -hmm. you know, the best way to put it, is, is the kind of hinge on which everything else rests on. And, you know, I mean, why do the people live, it it made me think about, like, why people would choose to live there, and we actually do get Mm -hmm. a little bit of that, about why um, somebody might choose to live in such a remote explain place.
1: that to me danny because i don't Wait. think i get it still <laughs> uh it was it kind of did it with the gus the
0: communication
1: oh right of, they had the whole was- thing of he you know you left a bad marriage he's trying to mm-hmm. run away to get another start and where do a lot of people want to go to get a start and where is the best place for them to go a small little remote town like Barrow, alaska you know, we're not too many people mm-hmm. who are going to want to live because of, you know, the weird day and night thing. But the people there seem to right. deal with it pretty well. It's just a fact of life for them.
0: Yeah, you know, um, you know, they kind of, you know, I guess it's just one of those, one of those things when they're there, you know, I mean maybe some grew up there. I mean, I'd be interested in hearing if there were actually like generations mm. of people that live in this place. It's an interesting yeah. thing to think about. Like, what would you do if you have like two months of just sun and like the sun never set and it was just, you know, two in the morning or two in the afternoon? I don't know. I, the the, the
1: craziest like kind of day night cycle that I ever experienced was when I lived in in Galway And once it got to like spring, summertime around there, like we'll say April, May, the sun started to rise really early, like around 5, 530 and didn't set until about 8, 830 at night. It was still like eight o'clock at night. The sun was up high, felt like the middle of the day. It was the weirdest thing. I was Uh not used to that, but I love it. And I can't wait until Mm -hmm. the days get longer here. I hate this getting dark super, super early. It it fucks with my head. I hate it. I would not be able to live in Barrow,
0: Alaska. (laughs) See, I would, at least for the night portion of it. I'm such a (laughs) night owl. I actually don't mind this type of year where it gets dark earlier. It gives me an excuse to be home or be like out at night. I don't know how to explain it. Like I love when we go out in the evening, like with my husband and we can see like the lights go by and the town and the cars and everything. I don't know how to explain it. I just like that, you know? And, and, you know, you get to experience that more and I'm such a night owl. I write better at night or I write at night mostly. Um, you know, so I think I'd be able to handle, that part but the day constantly i i would not just get some like big <laughs> blackout
1: be. like blinds or something and then just create an artificial night it's a lot easier to create the artificial night than it is to create an artificial day so
0: true um i think that's what a lot of people probably yeah. do up there but um but yeah so it's interesting you know the the you know the vampires obviously want to go up there because of this time period and uh, you know, the people who live there, you know, mm-hmm. it's just very interesting to think about, and how people might go up there to get away from something, or you know, in the case of the vampires, because you know they they don't want the day. So
1: we get to go up there, run around right. in the night, and we don't get burned by the sun, and we get to kill everybody and da 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 da.. It's
0: like it's like, don't you want to save some? I mean, they're going to go up there and just get like and then you get it all done in like the first 24 hours. seriously did it i'm
1: did it seem to you like the vampires pretty much killed everybody in the town
0: within a month's time (laughs) yeah like you know um yeah and and i'll be honest like um you know let's talk about a little bit well we'll get to i think we should get to evan and stella last in terms of relationships and their relationship the husband and wife But um, we do have kind of two other ones that we can talk about, which is like Roderick and Vincent. It was kind of, there's the two vampires. And honestly, I was, when he showed up, it kind of actually did. I hadn't actually thought it through because I was just reading. But then when he kind of berated the guy for what he was doing, I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense right? When he starts berating Roderick for like, you know, do you know how many centuries, do you yep. know how this, that, and the other, you know, we've been trying to be myth and whatever, and you idiot, you know, and, and all of that was kind of
1: Yeah. I very much like felt, uh, some queen, queen of the damn vibes do it I guess, um, mm. when I, I forget when that book came out, but I know the movie came out in 2003 and, you know, we, obviously the book was way better, but Lestat was very much the type of vamp that was like, why do we have to hide in the shadows? La-da-da. I'm powerful, I'm hot. I can glamor you without even actually glamoring you because that's a true, true blood thing. But you know, I, let's be out in the open. And all of the ancient vamps, all the old vamps are just like, Lestat, you're an idiot. You need to stop. Mm-hmm. And that was this relationship between Vincent and Roddick. Um, where Vincent is very much this um
0: I I think it's the oh, gente. I think it's a tante. I don't I'm not Italian, I am, so I don't know. But that sounds I pronounce like, an Italian it like name a name to
1: me. Terrible American. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I think it is. It looks, it looks Italian to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, but I think you're right. It does have that, you know, and honestly, I don't think it was because Roderick wanted to be on the open. It sounded like he really didn't no, think. Cause it he's dumb. Like he thought he had come up with like the cleverest yeah. thing on the planet. You know, like we can run around. It's, it's a like month long you know, buffet. Can... Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Vicente's like, uh, no, bitch. Bitch. <laughs>
1: like, there are people that are still hiding. And you can't find them because apparently yeah. these vampires can't smell in the cold.
0: Yeah, the cold mm. uh, ruined their smell, yeah. which is interesting. And I, I wonder if that does it to, you know, this is stuff I should have looked up before, but yeah, I wonder if that does it to us too. Like, we can't smell it. Well. I know
1: it does it, it does you know. it to me. Like, especially during yeah. the winter months when it's colder in my room in the morning. Um, I'm just so congested that it takes a few hours mm-hmm. for my nose to like let back up. So I'm very, very reliant mm-hmm. on my other senses.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so Vicente decides, he's like, no, we gotta <laughs> we're gonna burn the whole place. We're gonna get the bodies and, you know, we're just gonna you know Mm -hmm. trash the place and we're gonna make it look like an accident pretty much yeah and yeah which leads us into talking about the mother and son who whose names we don't get i don't believe but they're in new orleans and they obviously know that vampires exist and they have somebody decode the messages between vicente Mm -hmm. and roderick and um
1: yeah. The mom sends so, the son.
0: And they find out what they're gonna do. Yeah. So the mother sends the son up there. Um and and they kind of yeah, they obviously care about each other. Um, you know, in terms of their relationship, you know, and I and I like how we did get a lot, even yeah. though it was just three issues of the comic. It was, you know, twenty four twenty four, so that's forty eight pages plus another. I mean, it wasn't even a hundred yeah, pages long. Extremely short we still got hints of that, that, you know, I could tell that the mother cared for the son, and, and that they were worried, you know, that he was not coming back, that, you know, what they were trying to get was proof that vampires exist, um, it was what you get, and, uh, you know, which is what Vicente was worried about, (laughs) like, hey, you're gonna come up here and do all this shit, they're gonna- figure it out the fact that they have the internet and cameras
1: and cell phones and everything it's
0: not like the 1500s
1: people come on you can't go on killing sprees anymore like this just because it's dark
0: duh (laughs) yeah and we don't get if uh he actually was able to send you know it kind of left that little thread like what if? Because you know, he goes up there in the helicopter, the sun does, and Vicente sees him. And literally they show how powerful the vampires are, because he literally just lifts, lifts flies, goes up yep. to the helicopter, like jumps or flies or something, and just goes up yeah. there and takes Eric Northmond to the helicopter. Basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and but we see him send like before, and it kind of leaves it as to whether the mom actually got like the proof or not. We don't really find out. So that's an interesting, and I haven't read the other one. So I don't know if they pick up that thread in the other 30 Days of Night. Um, It would be an easy thread to pick up. I feel like
1: we're going to have to revisit that at some point, because I need to know, like (laughs) that, that was the one thing for me between the mom and the son. Like it obviously established some sort of very deep relationship through minimal amounts of dialogue and across only several pages. But clearly they've been working together for a long time to like uncover proof of vampires. And this to them was a huge like historical event in, you know, their super natural world. So it yeah. w- it just left like that that storyline left off as a cliffhanger, and I wanted more out of their relationship. I wanted more out of their backstory. Whereas Stella and Evan, like it was pretty clear between them. Like, my cat, Katniss, what are you doing? Do not knock this pen over, <laughs> my cat. Um, <laughs> it was it was really clear between the two of them, what the relationship was, what they did for the town, how they supported each other throughout this traumatic event. So their storyline was obviously very concise and it closed at the end, which obviously was the right thing to do since they are the main characters.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I really liked how even though it was three issues... You did get a big hint that there was backstory on there. Like, who are this mother and son? How did they find out about Mm -hmm. vampires? Like, and survive it. I mean, that's the thing. Because it's obvious since they're still there and they're still looking for vampires that they had an encounter of some kind and they have spent that time trying to get proof. Right? So there's obviously Mm -hmm. a backstory there. Like how how did they come to find out about vampires and how they decide they were going to try and proof? And what have they done to try to find right. proof? Like, have they been traveling around? Have they been, you know, what sorts of things have they done? Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe the others cover it. We may, you're right. We may have to, you know, keep keep going to see if maybe they circle back to it in some of the other ones, because I don't know um but yeah i mean that's it there's you can tell there's backstory there no we didn't have a father in there it was the mother and son so i don't know maybe that's part of the backstory no. you know but i like that it hinted at those things so you still get a sense that there was a big backstory like an iceberg mm-hmm. kind of thing and uh but it didn't you know, really give it all to us, you know, you're just kind of having to extrapolate. But it did but it did hint at there was a lot more. Yeah. I mean, I would
1: also assume that if the later issues touch on if if they if they go back and touch on the mom again and her story. I mean, obviously her son, I don't think, survived the helicopter crash. So it would be just her and her taking up um the, the the mantle for their cause and uh, into into your point about we don't know where the father is i mean it could be very fitting that he was you know taken by a vampire killed by a vampire you know or something totally different maybe they're you know he died in a car accident who knows you know or maybe he's a dead deadbeat dad you know but for whatever reason you know he wasn't in their life. Or maybe he was just at work when all of this was taking place. He was on a work trip.
0: We don't know. He doesn't know anything about it. So they're having to hide it or whatever, you know, who knows? Or maybe he turned yeah. into a vampire. We don't know. It's kinda, kind of, you know, it's, it's that part that, you know, there's hinted at more, but you don't yeah. get a lot more uh, from that. So, um, the other kind of relationship that we have in there is, is, um, you know, the husband and wife, um, Evan and mm-hmm. Stella Ulimon. Ulimon? I don't know how to pronounce that last Olima. name. Yeah, Olimon. that sounds, that sounds right. Um, and... I don't know. How did you feel? What did you what did you get from their interaction? They their felt
1: like um, well, one, they had a really good, strong, loving relationship, but that they've also been together for a long time just because of like, come watch the sunrise with me. Oh, do I have to? Yes, oh fine. I'm you know, I'm not doing it because because I want to, you know, he's he 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 comes across as like the unsentimental like grumbling husband but based on how stella reacts to him like clearly she that's just how how he is and she knows he really really cares for her and loves her to death as is evident by the ending when he basically sacrifices himself to get all the survivors out really um but you you have to have like a really good, strong not just like marriage but friendship working relationship because they're both police officers. he's the sheriff, and she could be like lieutenant or something, but it's a small town, so they they work yeah. together. It looks like they're only like yeah two they're of like the, the only two, two of police that. officers in Barrow, Alaska. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, you know, so not only do they live together and do other stuff together, they're also like Mm -hmm. together all day. So that's like, you got to really like, yeah, (laughs) you know, to, to work with them and live with them and be married to them and everything. I mean, you, you are spending, you know, 90% of, you know, your life with them, you know, Mm -hmm. every single day you know, a lot of couples, you know, I mean, my husband goes to work, you know, and stuff like that, you know, I'd go to, you know, so you get kind of away, you know, and then you come back together and you talk about your day and you do this, that, and the other thing. I mean, you work with somebody and you don't get that at all. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's one of those where you definitely tell they have a strong relationship. Um, you know, he's the more stoic, whatever, and she Mm -hmm. teases him and everything like that. And, um, and also, yeah, I, I agree with you that they, that they, you know, have a strong relationship and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. And yeah, so yeah, you touched on it a minute ago, but, um, I guess, I guess now we can kind of talk about the big the big thing that happened which was in order you know they tried everything and they kind of go over that they try everything to to get at the vampires you know uh Stella even tried to cross and they just laughed at her and you know stakes they shoot him in the and head and it still whatnot.
1: doesn't work
0: <laughs> yeah so Evan decides the only way is to become a vampire so he would yeah and try to hold it together long enough um, to take them to out, behead them to like zombies, basically, is the yeah. way to kill these suckers, and yeah, and that was really, you know, that was really, uh, that, like, it wow, was really dramatic because you know? he, like, so
1: there's somebody who is just scratched by one of the vamps, and that's enough to turn them into a vampire. So, everybody who's like held up in like what is it like a basement but more like a furnace room so they so they can stay warm they all help Eben like de- decapitate this person who's turning into um, a vamp- vampire and he takes a syringe of their blood and then later on injects himself with it and then basically turns into a vampire so he could take out Vincent or Vicente. <laughs> so, um, Vicente, Vicente, Vicente Vincent. <laughs> Vincent. Um, uh, your ancestors I are know, rolling in their right? graves. They're like looking at me, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my <maron. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Uh, A complete side note, Josh and I have been watching The Sopranos a lot, and every time they curse, I'm like, my grandma taught me those words. Anyway. um, Yeah, I mean, and all all of that, having that very, like, well-established, strong, communicative, loving relationship at the beginning really makes that moment at the end uh, when they're like sitting and watching the Mm -hmm. sun come up. And, you know, he bursts into flames and turns to ash as all vampires do. And she just sits there crying, you
0: know, like that's that's the end of Mm -hmm. it. Like her- It was a bookend because at the beginning they were watching the sunset for the last time for a month. And that's what she insisted he stay there for. And then at the end, they're watching the sunrise again. Yeah. So, yeah, it was I mean, it was a good it was a good bookend uh to the to the three issue series. Yeah. You know. Like, you know, sun setting and then sun rising again and and you know, it was very metaphorical, I thought. You know, like, you know, the sun sets, things go dark, but then, you know, they become bright again and 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 all of that um yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but, you know, would you live in Barrow? <sighs> I, I, I would need... Vampires aside. I,
1: vampires don't scare me, you kidding? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I sorry. would want to visit there and see if I could take it first before I would move there. Um, I know I would hate every second of it. But because I'm a little bit of a masochist, I would want, I just want that experience. I want to know what it is like. I mean, it is not the same mm-hmm. sitting in your room with the shades drawn. Like that's, you know, that's not the same kind of dark because you know it's, it's light outside. Um, and I don't even know if I could deal with like the 30 whatever days of sun either yeah it hmm. my, my sleeping schedule is already screwed up enough and not having sunrise and sunset my circadian rhythm like i don't know like sleep would be what what is sleep what what is being awake i think my all my sense of time would go completely out the window like imagine the people who lived there like decades, hundreds of years ago, and their only means of keeping track of time was, like, a wind-up watch and a calendar. Yeah. If you didn't wind up your watch enough, you did not know what day or time it was like.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: Like, yeah, I don't know, you.
0: Uh it's interesting. I kind of hmm. looked it up, you know, because I wanted to know. Um, the city is Ukulavik. Utkulavik. Officially the city of Utkulavik and known as Barrow Barrow until 2016. So it was known as Barrow, Alaska, and it appears like the local um, natives, the Unupiat, oh. reclaimed the actual name of the oh, area. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's one of the most northernmost public communities in the world. So it's, I mean, it's a real place. And it had 4,581 people at the 2000 census. And even less
1: at the 2010 census. So that less Mm -hmm. number of people, those were everybody who were eaten by vampires. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But probably people who most likely died or moved.
0: Yeah, the Unopiat are an an indigenous Inuit group. Um, Yeah. Who lived in the area for more than 1,500 years.
1: Okay, so clearly they have mastered the whole thing of endless days and endless nights. So, yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, uh, the name change was officially adopted on December first, twenty sixteen. City Council member Kyan Harsharik described the name change as supporting the use of Unipiac language and being part of the process of decolonization. Sweet, interesting. I like that. The name comes from the word known as snowy owl and translates to the place where snowy owls are hunted. It's very fitting for that environment. Lots of snow and cold. Yeah. Um, archaeological sites, um, indicate the Inupia lived around there as far back as 500 AD. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Yeah. So,
1: indeed. Guaranteed old vampires already knew about this place. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah, I'd assume. Remember, I mentioned that I got the sense that Evan was uh, native. He was probably yeah. of some kind. Um, yeah, yeah. interesting. What is
1: arts and culture. Oh, depictions in
0: popular culture. Let's say, yeah. Polar night, endless day. Yeah. The sun sets on November 18th or 19th, and it remains below the horizon for about 66 days. longer than, oh my God. This creates a polar night that lasts until the sun returns to lightly touch the horizon due to the refraction and scattering of the atmosphere by January 22nd or January 23rd. It is. The sun then rises in completely over the horizon by January 27th or january 28th so
1: it is pitch black there right now
0: wow right now during the first half of the polar night there is a decreasing amount of twilight each day and on the winter solstice uh civil twilight in the city in the town lasts for a mere three hours
1: so with that with the little amount of sun that does peek over would that be enough to kill a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> I don't think it would. It would like make their skin sizzle a little bit. What are those? I yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it right now depictions in popular culture. Singer songwriter John Denver visited the town for his 1979 television special alaska the american child uh fran tate a local restaurant owner was a frequent guest by telephone on a chicago radio pro program uh the steven johnny show on wgn during the 1990s uh, she also appeared on the tonight show with johnny carson And look, the town is the setting for a series of horror comic books titled 30 Days of Night. 30
0: Days of Night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, there was a straight-to-video sequel after the initial theatrical film release in 2007. The straight-to-video film came out July 23rd, 2010. That feels like it could be a B-movie. And that means,
0: (laughs) yeah, I've seen it. It's 30 days of night and it's got some subtitle. It has this woman on the cover, all covered in blood, but it's interesting. You know, I didn't know about this place until, you know, so this is what we do. We learn (laughs) and we find out that this place, you know, existed. And I'd imagine that's much how, I mean, you and I are both writers and that's, you know, how things happen sometimes. So I imagine uh, Niles, you know, heard about this place and thought, hmm, you know, like, you know, I mean, as you do, um, you know, unfortunately there is a huge section on how global warming has affected the area up there as well. So that's not, not a good thing. There is also a two-year tribal college
1: there, but it's the only tribal college in the entire state of Alaska. You would think there'd Uh, be more, because it's Alaska, but. Yeah. Yeah, weird.
0: Uh, Yeah, you would think. They offer
1: very practical degrees. Accounting, business management, construction technology, dentistry, office
0: management. Probably all things they Absolutely. need in Alaska. Yeah, especially for, you know, for that town. Um, probably stuff that would be yeah. around there. Yeah. Um. And, you know. Uh. Interesting. They don't pave the roads because of permafrost. Makes frost. sense. That would. Um. It would. Yeah, that it would, it would make just ruin no the sense. roads. Yeah interesting yeah. place you know like a, a very interesting place and at least like it's such a huge part of the comic book mm-hmm. you know um you know it you wonder yeah you know yeah, this
1: place or this sorry this um this the story 30 days of night it it could not exist without this place and i mean sure you could create mm-hmm. a fictional world but it's more i think it um it adds more to the drama the emotional intensity of the story knowing that there no this place literally exists
0: right you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's a real place for sure so I think the other thing you know we can talk about is where do you think you know I mean there's tons of vampire media yeah out there I mean obviously I mean any of you listening like I mean vampire stuff I mean vampires I mean they've been a part of you know literature mm-hmm. and media Remember. and comics There's and a vampire in Sesame for Street every- for crying out loud like they're 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 scattered. Count. <laughs> Yeah, so where where do you think this fits in like with all that other stuff? Like where where is its place?
1: You know. Uh, um like what do you mean like place? Do you mean as far as
0: like where does it where does it stand out? Like what makes it oh, what, makes, what it makes it different? It different? Or, if it, or is there anything that makes Just, it different? Yeah. than other vampires. Stuff, you know i mean do you sit there and go okay this yeah. is just another vampire story or does that have actually something that's mm-hmm. you know compelling you know a little bit different Gosh, than yeah. Others, yeah yeah
1: it's really know? more of like your traditional like horror story right where the vampires are just monsters and mm-hmm. it's you know every single like horror slasher movie basically from the 70s up until modern times i think even like the first slasher came out like even way before the 70s like technically but there's no redeeming qualities about these vampires it's very black and white good guys versus bad guys there's no like you as the reader there's no internal like moral struggle to like empathize or emotionally relate to any of those characters because they're just bad they're just Mm -hmm. there to kill people because it's fun, you know, unlike mm-hmm. a lot of um, modern vampire literature that came out at the time. Um, and I think right at the same time, I want to say the Suki Stackhouse series, those novels came out at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I still think the Vampire Diaries books were still coming out at the same time. Those started in the, in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, and then, of course, all the way back to the mm-hmm. 70s, we have Anne Rice with interview with the vampire. And she, it's that 70s, 70s. yeah. Oh, it's crazy, right? Wow. Right? <laughs> and I mean, that whole series was still going until we got the new- yeah. Oh, no. So there was Blood Canticle that came out in 2002, which was supposed to be like Lestat's last book. But then she came out with another one in like 2013 where like Lestat comes back. But anyways, like she <laughs> kind of pioneered the whole- sympathetic vampire
0: so yeah i mean you do have that you have the you know vampire as monster and vampires as the sympathetic you know tragic angsty you know um tortured kind of thing you know you have the twilight and you have the interview with the vampire and you have the suki stack house and you have the vampire diaries and you have Mm -hmm. you know all the other stuff you know, so you have that, but yeah, you know, this, this doesn't know No, and it came
1: camp. out at the time when that mm-hmm. stuff was still, you know, like when the sympathetic, empathetic vampire protagonist was still a huge thing. This was very old school. You know, you're getting back mm-hmm. to like depictions of Dracula and Elizabeth Bath- Bathory and Nos, Nosferatu and all like that 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 class yeah. stuff and he, he, even the vampires in these comics felt like Nosferatu because they had long sharp fangs their um their fingernails were long and claw claw like too um so mm-hmm. yeah it was for for the time a departure against what like mainstream I guess vampire pop culture was, was doing. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting, you know, to look at how vampires get shaped to, you know, I've had long discussions with my husband about, you know, how monsters represent different things. So, you know, and vampires in particular, Um, you know, amongst all the other monsters you've got, you know, werewolves, mummy, you know, whatever, all the classic, you know, invisible you know, whatever, all the other monsters that are out there, vampires have been used to represent so many things like, you know, sexual repression, you know, othering, um, you know, just all sorts of things, you know? a uh, fear of what might become if if you know we give into our baser instincts you know they've been made to represent yeah. so many different things and you know i mean i would say the vampires in here you know they kind of represent you know i think because because the setting is such a big part you have to look at the vampires representing you know how these people are yeah. isolated you know, the fear that if you live in a place like this, if you're isolated and stuff, something can mm-hmm. happen and no one will know. Absolutely. You know, I think it's that fear of, you know, I'm alone and these bad things are happening and I can't do anything yeah, about it. Like, yeah, no it's got all know.
1: the regular like tropes of horror wrapped in there. Isolation, darkness, um, claustrophobia because every everybody's locked in that uh basement they are running out of supplies running out of food their cell phones have been torched their communication systems are down and to top it all off you got murders vampires
0: running around (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you know so i think in this case that's kind of what vampires are being used Mm -hmm. to represent like the idea that they're all up here and you know they're just they're isolated so if anything bad happens it would be a long time if any if ever anybody found out what yeah. happened to them you know actually i take that back i'm sure somebody would figure mm-hmm. it out eventually you know somebody from the outside would be right. trying to communicate but how how when that would take place or how long or I'm assuming whatever they
1: relatives out outside of the town i would
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but how long it would take for somebody, you know, who knows, you know? And the other thing is, you know, that we kind of got left with because we were just kind of dealing with a story of what was happening there in that brief period of time is people mm-hmm. survived, you know, after Eben sacrificed himself. So what happens to them? You know, we don't know. It just kind of ends, you know, they survived. The sun came up. The vampires went away. But what do the people that are there do would now? You, would they even want to stay there
1: after what happened? Because what if it happens again? You know, it's almost like, yeah. oh, might as well just pick up and like <laughs> move south.
0: Yeah. Would they or could they? Like, because the, the their phones are all gone and mm-hmm. the generator is, is cut off. So... You know, can they even get out? Are they still stranded mm-hmm. there? You know, the helicopter crashed. I mean, it looks like they had cars. So they probably still have So had they, yeah, they could drive somewhere. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about, you know, okay, they might be able to drive, you know, somewhere to civilization, yeah. more civilization to get some help probably you know but yeah would they stay there i wouldn't stay there if i were staying there and that <laughs> happened i wouldn't stay there you know um yeah one little interesting tidbit they had was they had the little girl vampire oh
1: yeah remember, that? remember
0: her and, uh, it was kind of an interesting little
1: because you know, murder's children aren't creepy enough you have to make them a vampire
0: <laughs> yeah make them, have to make them a vampire as well yeah she, she was an interesting little tidbit that was there I, I, overall, overall impression was that I thought they did a lot with the small, uh, three issues that they had. Um, I thought they showed a lot in it and, you know, I mean, and I kind of in like, yes, we're wanting to know like what happened and all after that, but I feel like it was probably a good choice just analyzing it from a story-wise that they just kept it to that, you know? um yeah they could have padded it out with more backstory of people and and what happened after and stuff like that but i think they had a very specific thing they wanted to tell and they knew that you know they had kind of a, a specific gimmick you know the 30 days of night and so when you go for something like that it's kind of best not to extend right. it too far lest you overuse and then it becomes not so intense anymore or not so effective, you know, effective.
1: yeah And yeah. yeah, And
0: plus, I mean, it has, the whole story has to take place
1: within those 30 days. There is no story without 30 days of constant night. So like Mm -hmm. you mentioned before, it's book ended perfectly. Right. And one thing that's important with every story is you have to decide, you know, not just when it's going to begin or was it, or when it's going to end, but how much time passes between your beginning and ending point, and what are the most important events that you fit in between that time? So mm-hmm. it's an yeah. easy, um, but by no means you know cheap method of storytelling. It 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 works very well within the context of the the entire story and serves as a perfect backdrop for these vampires to come in and be like nobody's ever been here before woo! and you know if they had been there before why do people keep coming back to you know make lives in this town
0: (laughs) (laughs) well for for the people the native people which i think evan was i mean that's where they live You know, that's, that's what they know, you know? So they just fight Um, vampires every so so, often. All right, cool. Yeah, I guess, you know, if that's what we're to believe just every year, you know? All (laughs)
1: right, get, honey, sharpen those machetes. Sundown (laughs) is in an hour and we (laughs) have some vampires to (laughs) bed.
0: You know, that'd be kind of interesting. You, You know, that it's just like, Rather than being a surprise, it's just something the town prepares That'd be a everybody. good
1: comedic horror. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> Shaun of the Dead combined with 30 Days of Night. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Nice. I Oh, my God.
0: Not to, not to plug my own stuff, but I'm writing my own. Um, you know, I have a series that's kind of a little bit of that concept where I write for my Patreon's my uh, my Kofi account and it's like the Bridgewater Bridgewater series and it takes place in the Bridgewater Triangle which is a place in like Massachusetts where all this weird Ooh. stuff is supposed to happen and so basically my main character is a cop who <laughs> works in the town and each story is something weird she has to deal with so it's kind of like that, like, it, like, it would be like, it's just an accepted part. Like, you know, I was talking about like, what if the bear just, you know, they just yeah. accepted it every year, like, every year they just prepare for the vampires to come, you know, and that's, you know, what they do and everything. And, uh, and that's kind of what it is in my stories is that, you know, she just has accepted this is the way the town is. And, you know, like she has to go to this guy's house and it turns out he's a werewolf and she has to bring him in because he ate his neighbor's cows and the guy's mad <laughs> about it. I love it. So she has to bring him in but she's like, you can't be eating his cows. You know? Like, I love you know. it. So I kind of do like that little, like, like what if it was just a part of, you know, just a part of their town. You know, like just, just something I'm going to write it. every year. I'm going to write I'm going to write yeah, go that. For it.
1: Y'all hear that? This is my idea. Go for it. <laughs> go for that. it. But uh, where, it. where can people, because um, I haven't heard you talk about that story before and now I'm super interested. Where can people go find you to get, oh, to get onto your Patreon?
0: Well, you. <laughs> it. um, it's just something that I do. Well, I have a Kofi account under my name, Danielle Delisle, and you can find it, and every month you get a new Bridgewater story. That's like a little Ooh. flash fiction about um, the town, about Corporal Lawrence Stewart, uh, dealing with all this stuff that happened. It's kind of a little bit like your weekend, oh, yeah, if you yeah, remember yeah. that show. Kind of a little bit like that, a little bit of Shaun of the Dead, a little bit, you know, just, just this stuff happens. But her whole attitude is, you know, she's a cop in this town. So, you know, it's weird stuff happens in this Very, town. So, you know, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> you know, the local werewolf eats his neighbor's cows. So you have to go and deal with him. <laughs> mm, see, somebody else <laughs> you likes know, raw meat. That's sort of, st- <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I had some, uh, yeah. And so I'm kind plan- of planning to do, like a year each month is like the story takes place in that month oh that's dope and so when i get a year i was yeah when i, I was considering putting them all together that's Cool. and like a, a year in Bridgewater. y'all
1: go <laughs> sign up for her patreon and read her stories do it now <laughs>
0: Yeah, but anyway, I I only brought that up because it kind of reminded me of when you were talking about like it's just like an accepted mm-hmm. thing or whatever, and it reminded me of like that's <laughs> for the same thing I'm playing, which I find very amusing. Yeah, which I think is a good thing. You should write it. I'm gonna do it. You should. You should. You should. Um. So yeah, cool. Well, that was thirty I did. days. I,
1: I did it too. It. You know, and for such a short, like comic. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot.
0: Yeah, it was punchy. Yeah. It, it packed a punch. Like it was three issues, but it was like BAM. It was like, yeah, you know, like it hit you. You know, like it was, it was like like an intense three, you know, it was like boom, like, oh, okay, wow. I just yeah. experienced well, that.
1: Yeah. I mean, intense. straight from just a little bit after it starts to the very end. It's all action. Like it does not let yeah. up, which is perfect for the kind of story that is that is being told because night isn't gonna let up, the vampires are not going to let up, there is no emotional reprieve. And I did not feel like there was that um like that moment in script writing where you have that that comedic moment that gives the viewers, you know a little bit of a break after going through like the first act and then the second act. Um, It just is like that emotional preparation for the final obstacle for the protagonist to go deal with, Mm -hmm. that's not here in this story. But also it's so short, there is no time for it. You know, they're just all these little elements that put together that work really, really well. And with good character development on top of it for something that is really short.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'd be interested to see the rest of it. Um, You know, they went on to write some other stuff in this, you know, universe of 30 Days of Night. They went on to write some other stuff in it. So be interested to see how, you know, if any of these characters come back, you know, how the events affected everything in the future. You know, all of that sort of thing. I think it would be really interesting. Hell yeah. Um, if any of you out there, you know, have read the yeah, other let ones, us let us know if they're, if they're worth it. We'll let us know if we into. should do another episode uh, of it. Yeah. We own- yeah, we should. And we can look at the movie, too. We can make With Josh Hotnet. <laughs> with Josh Hotnet. Hotnet. Man, yeah. What did happen here? I do Oh, Emma? no. Anybody knows or if Josh, if Josh Hartnett is listening, what happened to I'm gonna Google it.
1: Wait, wait.
0: We have
1: (laughs) a time left. What happened to Josh? Oh my god. It's like the first (laughs) thing that pops up. Oh my god, From variety at the beginning of this year. Oh, and then one. Oh, screenrant.com from June 27th of this year. And people have been writing about it for like years already. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, really? Okay. So what did happen? What happened? Okay, so this is from Screen Rant by QV Hume. What happened to Josh Hot? Ha- now I have to say Hart. Harnett. <laughs> Hartnett. Hartnett. Say his actual name. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. He was in Penny Dreadful. Fucking. God. Oh, was I, he? I, I never watched saw that. that. I never yeah, saw. Yeah, when it came that.
0: out. Wow. I never saw Duh. that.
1: That was like the most recent thing that I've seen him in, and I was like, "Who is this guy? He's really hot." Josh Hotnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Josh Hotnet. There's a career update that may surprise you. Uh, okay, let's let's get to the good stuff. I don't care care about your old stuff. Uh, blah blah blah. Okay. Um, oh wow, he looks yes, good he in does. Penny dreadful. Yes, I just he looked does. Him up. So what's funny is he—he he did not age. He did not age. What no, the hell? he still looks very, very. He's a very attractive man. But in Penny dreadful, he plays an American who moves to London to kind of escape a bunch of like family drama with his outlaw father and everything.
0: And he's a he's werewolf. He's a werewolf. Yes. Oh. oh my gosh. We should put this on our list. I'm sorry. I know we were on 30 days a night, and we just all went on. Danny, it. This is what put Penny dreadful on, on the you list. Actually, I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. This is, um you know, this yeah. is what we do. You know, we talk about what <laughs> interests us having to do with the media, and it turns out we are very interested in.
1: Oh, this Josh would be Hartnett the first TV show that we've done. It would be. It I would don't be. even have a thing for it on our Google sheet. I'm going to make
0: I'm gonna make it special oh for God. right now. He looks exactly he does. the same. Um, oh, my God. You could put him right next to – oh, God. He looks awful as a werewolf, though. So what is up with that makeup? Well, um, thankfully, Penny Dreadful <laughs> was only three seasons, is. so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Any, but, yeah, you could put him next to, like, you know, the the Pearl Harbor days and – I would not be able to pick out which one was 2020.
1: It's like Like, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd does not age either.
0: Yeah, he must be friends with Paul Rudd. (laughs) Vampire Paul Rudd. Uh, Anyway, yeah, that's what happens on here. You know, we talk about what interests us regarding the media, and so you know, it gets us talking about it and wondering. And and uh, I honestly don't remember the movie well enough to remember if he was any good in the 30 Days. I've never
1: seen it, so. Uh, I've never oh, seen. Oh, you never it. seen. It. Yeah. I do.
0: I did see it a while ago. Um, the movie wasn't. It was like in two thousand seven, so it wasn't too far after the the comic books yeah. came out. So, um, I can't remember if he was good <laughs> in it or not, or if the movie was worth it. So, I mean, in fact, I can't remember it. I don't know. Dude, Maybe if
1: I we can watch but... and do an episode on Thanksgiving, I think we could do a show on anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true, man. We did that. I still. Apologize for okay. that. Although, believe it or not, when I posted it, I had some friends in there who were like, Yeah, yep, you know, I've seen it, done it. Yeah, I was like, Cool. But, uh, so what are we doing? What next time? that's, you, that's what, are what, Here, what are we, what is in the
1: box for next time? We will be talking about Clowns in the Cornfield, which is the 2020 novel by Adam Cesare. 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 Thank you. I would butcher that, mm. Adam Cesare. Um, we may or may not have a special guest join us for that one. We don't know. Usually, usually we when we do this whole thing, we do have a special guest just so, but, you know, just in case shit hits the fan, but, um, we will yeah. be, yeah, Amazing. reading a novel about two of my, it's yeah, sure. It such it, such it is, is a
0: classic 80s type of novel, from which, which I I have... has
1: two of my least so. favorite things in it,
0: clowns and cornfields. So, <laughs> I mean, two of the best Stephen Kings put together. Look at that. Yeah. Still scared the crap out of me. So, <laughs> but we're totally
1: looking forward to talking about clowns in the cornfield in two weeks time.
0: Whatever else comes to mind. Mm-hmm. If you listen to our Grady Hendrix uh, thing, yes. you'll understand. How Absolutely. But yeah, um, in the
1: meantime, Give us a follow on Twitter. We are at the box underscore podcast. You can find um all of our previous episodes uh on Stitcher Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. Um, yeah, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, please. We love doing this. Get us on
0: Twitter, talk to us, let us know what you think. Yes. What should we do next? What should we put on tell our tell us list? something that you think we may not
1: have ever heard of before? And then if you're if you're Josh Hartnett, just
0: slip into our Josh
1: Hartnett, <laughs> if we do Penny Dreadful, will you come on our podcast with
0: us? <laughs> I I will DM. I will DM.